Hey y'all, before we get into this week's episode, just a quick content warning. This week we get into some deep conversations relating to our struggles with diet culture and body image that might be triggering to some folks. Please be kind to yourself and skip this episode if this topic is too much for you right now. And please be kind to us as we open up about our own deeply personal journeys with our bodies. We appreciate and love you all so much. Okay, let's get into the show. You're listening to Okay Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and doer of my own mother effing baby hair. Okay, check oh, it wait, out. We got Let's it. Growth, a scoop of since the last episode. I see it. Who FaceTimed you? You see Who the FaceTimed swoops. you to do this? Nobody. I did it in my damn shelf because my friends ain't shit. Go ahead, Sylvia. Who are you? <gasps> Apparently, I'm ain't shit. Nice to meet y'all. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm Sylvia O'Bell. You guys know I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of the Beyonce. Sylvia, it's warming up outside. It's getting it's getting real hot. It was 81 degrees out here in uh, Newark, New Jersey. I was real happy for y'all. Yep. It just gave me a lot of reminders that mostly that when it gets hot outside, it really just only means one thing and one thing only. What's that? What's the one thing? What's the We're one about thing? to be out in these streets. It's time. Mother Nature has is upon us early, even on the East Coast. Because man, to be eighty in March on the East Coast, that is she. She must know the vaccines are being vaxxed. The injections, like I love the injections, <laughs> the, injection, the injected, the running through our veins, our superpowers are on the way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really something I know we both, you know, are pro-vax, you know, over here. So I definitely got I'm this week. In fact, I'll be fully vaccinated by the end of this week. And between that and the weather, it's just like, oh, my God, the streets. Are they back? I think a little bit. Safely. Um, be- see, see <laughs> and, and it, it crept up on my ass mm. like. It, it really like tiptoed its ass back in because I wasn't really thinking. I still thought like this year was a dub too, Sylvia. I was like, oh, this is a dub. Two, two, 2022, we're going to be back in the streets. Right. I thought so as well, especially when new strains was popping up around the holidays and stuff. I said, okay, Hello? well, let me buckle back in and double down because I guess I'm still in this his house. But then the, and then the vaccines were like, it was confusing the rollout, not knowing how long it was going to take to get to us. In our 30s, my <laughs> the elderly and like all of these things. And it when, you know, it, they sped it up, they increased the, you know, how the inventory. And I'm realizing slowly but surely me and my circle are mostly all about to be vaccinated. And it really opens way to the idea of can I get can I spend time with some friends without worrying about dying again? <laughs> like, right. wow. But then also, what else does that mean? Right. I mean, but I, I, you know, I get excited about that hanging out with friends thing. And I'm like, oh, yes, I get to hang out with my friends. And then I'm like, oh, well, I got a few months and my body says, girl, you're going to have to start today. <laughs> Are you prepared? And so that gives me anxiety because it's like, now I got to be around people. Now I got to, you know. Think about how you look again. Look like some. Right. Because I didn't care. Let me tell you something, mamas. I was out here eating what the fuck I wanted to eat. You hear me? When I said wing connoisseur, I stuck to that for the last year and a half. Meant it. Okay. 
meant it 100 percent down only been dressing from the waist up for these zooms um Hello? haven't had to worry about a thing and um so while right. our minds and souls and spirits are very ready to be out in these so streets, excited it's the body adiades that are a little bit of a concern so so i want us to spend the rest of today's episode talking more about our body image and where our unattainable expectations of what our body should look like come from because we, you know, we got to peel back the layers. There's some depth There's to this. There's a lot this. of layers. It's not just I want, <laughs> right. It's not just I want a good summer body. Absolutely not. There's, there's a lot more to this. Ooh, okay. Let me do some deep breaths to prepare for this conversation because we're going there. Girl, I already started drinking. I already I started drinking. You I better pour up. Let me go get a drink before this segment. Cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's rewind just a little bit to the beginning of quarantine. So last March, let's go back to January. Okay, mm-hmm. 2020. All right. Do you remember? Yes, January of 2020. Do you remember your body goals uh, right before? Well, not right before lockdown, January. What were your body goals? Yeah, you know, as you know, I had a big milestone birthday right before the pandemic started. So sure I, I turned 30. And so for me, 2020 was going to be like new decade, new me hitting, you know what I mean? Like hitting, it wasn't even less about New Year's and more about like, okay, I'm about to be 30. I know my metabolism is slowing down and all those other things. Like mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of my 20s not being able to be in control um, of my size as much as I'd like to, or even disciplined enough with working out. So like I got a trainer, shout out to Keisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both know Keisha. Shout out to Keisha. Like me and Keisha was in yes. the gym. And we were, you know, we had uh, we had a nutrition plan together and a workout plan together. So it was really frustrating for me when quarantine hit and suddenly I found myself unable to work out because I don't have a gym. Like I didn't in my New York apartment, it was like a brownstone apartment. There was no gym. I didn't have any home equipment. I was working now in the gym in her building. Not even like I had a gym membership, but everything shut down the gyms and everything. And then her gym had shut down too. Literally the last thing I did, the very last time I left my apartment before the shutdown happened was working out with Keisha at her gym. I came home. I remember that was the last day I was ever able to leave my house again. <laughs> it felt like so I, you know, I tried to at least keep up the diet part, even for like March and April. I didn't drink. I wasn't drinking alcohol, which if you know me, you know that's not usually my steez. <laughs> I'll tell you, my sis pours up. Listen, we all have whatever your vices, baby. We all have them. But like I, <laughs> but like I, I wasn't drinking. And I was still trying to eat right. But the hard thing about the pandemic, especially living in New York City, where groceries became hard to do on foot because I was afraid to go into an Uber or anything. I was having stuff delivered, but healthy food goes bad quick. So I found it really hard to even like maintain it because especially in the beginning of quarantine, Amazon was selling out. Like you couldn't get anything. Like I couldn't get that. Like it was just so hard to get stuff delivered. And suddenly I found myself having to like, go into survival mode over health mode and getting like things that I knew would last me that could be frozen. You know what I mean? Like just like Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. I could keep just so I could at least eat while we figure out what the food shortage is about and all of that stuff. So as those challenges came, I kind of lost it. Like by May, when I realized, I think for me really, when it real, when we realized by May that it was like, Oh, this is a, 
much going to be much longer than a couple weeks or a couple months. Like, oh, we're not going to have summer. Once I realized we were going to have summer, baby, everything went out the window. I said, well, what, the, <laughs> what am I eating this celery stick for if I'm not going to be outside? So, you know, that was really what hit me in the beginning and where I started to lose it because I was like, okay, what's the point of it? Cause I'm not going to lie. Like, I wish I could say I was doing this for like, my, my motivations were dual. Like, sure. I wanted to feel better about my body and the way I looked, but I also for me, because especially because I'm healthy, right? Like my cholesterol is fine. My blood pressure is fine. I get my checkups. There was no internal health reason for me to feel like I had to make a huge lifestyle change. So when, mm-hmm. when, um, I realized that I wasn't really going to be outside or saying, you know, I was, and I kind of just went back to coping by eating emotionally. Like I'm an emotional eater. So like for me, it was like, well, this is now the only comfort I have as I'm alone during the pandemic. Right. What was your situation for you? Well, before January, January 2020, I did have a goal. I said I wanted to lose this 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 pounds. I was being sort of disciplined and was in the gym often. Um, But when we heard about the two week, you know, quarantine thing, myself and my significant other said, we are going to go and ball out at the The buffet shop, right? (laughs) And and get all the foods we normally don't eat, you know, and just make it like this fun two week thing. Mm. We, we, we literally ate slop. We ate everything our children like we had at you know at yeah. kids when we were kids sloppy joes you better be lucky we ain't getting no motherfucking lunchable <laughs> we was like lunchables. eating everything ramen noodles we were just eating fried chicken we was doing whatever we wanted to do making potato salad doing stuff like that we had a great time two weeks eating whatever we wanted and then we said all right we're gonna go back in the gym when you know it opens up again we're gonna, you know we're gonna go back in the gym and get dips disciplined again But then it was like, nah. And I was like, you know, (laughs) this is funny. Low key, I was like, you know, well, high key in front of him. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Oh, man. But in my head, I was like, thank God. Oh, my God. I won't have to show my face to anyone. I could eat as much as I want. I don't have to worry about my uh, appearance. You know, I... I don't have to think about my weight every day, every week. Um, and so I was just like, great, cool. I don't care. You know, at this point, because it gives me so much anxiety to think about every time I go out, what I look like, how big do I look, when the pictures come out, when, you know, when I take pictures or doing whatever, video, whatever yeah. it is, I'm like, girl, you look big. So having to have a moment where I'm like, None of this matters. And this was also while, like, there was no Zooms and stuff. Yeah. Like, people weren't working. You know what I'm saying? So there was no working at all. And I was like, oh, I'm a fool. I'm acting crazy in <laughs> well, here. Be, well, y'all were um, working. Some of us were working. <laughs> oh, some of right. But I wasn't, child, I wasn't working. Right. Like, my, and you know, campaigns yeah. and stuff wasn't yep. going on. It just wasn't a thing. Because who are, who's asking people for money at a time like exactly. this? Exactly. So to buy stuff so yeah i was home chilling Mm -hmm. and so i felt relieved Mm. very 
relieved for once. It was so freeing to just sit and not have to worry about your body every hour on the hour. It don't matter. Every hour, you know? So I, I, that was the one plus with the pandemic with me. We're talking about this, right? But even as you, when you talk about, you know, feeling like worrying about being fat or like worrying about what things look like or these certain expectations, I know a lot of people listening are probably even surprised to even hear sprinkles of this coming from you, somebody who they may view as their body goals, or even, you know, even some people may be surprised to hear this from me as somebody who doesn't usually talk about weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and these expectations and these thoughts we had didn't just, these they didn't just pop up when COVID did, right? Like these no. thinking this or having these concerns, like are obviously signs of, we both are aware there's signs of deeper mm-hmm. things. So can you remember the first moments when you really start thinking about your body image in this way, like like in the way you're talking about having that outside societal pressure and why, you know, and like, because clearly that's what made you feel a release, not having it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, um, these thoughts have been haunting me since I was a kid, since I was a child. And although I was a very skinny kid. Right. But I have watched how my family how fat phobic my family is, and also um, how they talk and treat people who are heavy. And also, we're a heavy family, by the way. So, we're a heavy family. <laughs> so, it'd be the heavy ones too that'd be talking. And I'm always. just, you know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, damn. And they always act as if, like, if you're thinner, you get treated better. And I think that's haunted me forever. I've watched people close to me, family members close to me, you know, uh, receive like just unnecessary comments, you know, just for their weight. And I, I always remember their faces when they hear it. I always remember, you know, how I could just imagine or me putting words to how they feel, you know, especially I was eight years old seven but I'm still thinking you know all right well if they treat them like that because of their weight I have to make sure I'm never this size because they won't like me either Mm. and you know it 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 torments me Mm. and then as you know you get older you start to see how true some of that shit is you know, in high school, in middle school, I saw a lot of that treatment for, uh, you know, bigger girls than me and how they treated them. And I always, always used to just really be like, oh, my God, like, I don't is this really a bad thing? Like, is this really yeah. that horrible? It shocked you. Is and it, it really scared that horrible? you. It scared me and it shocked me, but it kept me. It kept me from like accepting the body that I have, always thinking that there's better, clearly, you know? And I never got, you know, ooh, your body's banging, not in middle school, child, and not in high school. I saw the girls that had the, you know, body banging the, those times. Those people who developed a little bit earlier. Yeah, they had the titties out. They had the titties in ninth the grade. Hips, the booty. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't get the hips and the booty till about 11th. 11, 12 and 11, 12. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've always been 
you know, very, very careful or scared. Yeah. About body image. I think that fear, to your point, it's placed in us at a very early age. And, you know, I remember somebody saying something about like the things you learn before the age of seven and how like they stick with you. Like even like why it's easier for like kids to people to learn languages when they're younger, because you just mm-hmm. keep like you, you ingest that stuff a lot thicker. So like, I think for a lot of us who grew up in families that talked about weight openly. And I think for like, you know, that's the thing, especially with our families running heavier, you come from a Caribbean family, right? I come mm-hmm. from an African family and both of those carry that stigma of like, I mean, like that unhealthy toxicness of like just talking about weight openly, like it's, um, like, like it's a, it's an achievement of some sort to be smaller than that. Or like, you know, just for some mm-hmm. reason, um, folding to the European beauty standards that are very against mm-hmm. what are naturally are in our genetics. So I do think coming up early and, you know, thinking about like, oh my goodness, for me specifically, it was more, I've always, I watched my mom have to deal with that pressure. And I think I took it in through her. You know, I, mm-hmm. my earliest, I don't remember a time where some of my earliest memories are my mom being on some type of diet, whether it's like, the, I remember an all fruit diet where she was only eating fruit out of Tupperware or like the one of them beach diets where it was one of those or one of these other things. And like, for me growing up, like my mom was my everything. She was my bestie. She was my all of that. Like, so if I, like, I was like, oh, I should watch this. And like, this is something I should also be concerned about. Like, I remember when she, when Weight Watchers came on the scene, I must've been like in the sixth, seventh grade, but I wanted to do it with her. I was like, let me do Weight Watchers with you. I remember stepping on the scale and like trying to deal with all these things. And it's like, so early on, I was always concerned about my weight. And I remember just always feeling bigger than I actually was when I look back at it. Like I look back at my pictures from middle school and high school, especially, And I'm like, why did I think, like, why did I think I was so much bigger than I was? Like, I was like an average size girl, you know what I mean? When I was in high school and uh, middle school. And like, I almost hate that I spent so, like, I'm like, I was smaller than I am now. So part of me is like. Did you receive any of that pressures in high school? Yeah. Like, I think, I think, well, I think for me, there's always in high school, I feel like I definitely saw girls get made fun of for being bigger. For sure. I saw the bullying. Um, for me, I think I always, because I was kind of like in the mid, like I wasn't big, I wasn't super skinny. So I kind of got to slide through in the middle of the jokes that both sides of that got. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely something where I think that's where the pressure of like the, it became, I think high school put the idea in my mind that like boys want you to be small. If you want to get a boyfriend or you want them to date you, you got to be smaller or you're going to be alone. Like, I think that's like a, a thing that got put in my mind very early on. And for me, when you talk about development, I got my boobs at a very early age. Like, I mm-hmm. I remember, I think the first time I had to wear a bra was like fourth grade. They were like little limited two bras. <laughs> Shout out to limited two. But like, I, limited two. <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> okay, don't, yeah, don't no, get me started. Let's not get started. Here. But like, you know, I, I remember having to, the freedom people have. Like, I get so jealous of women now who are even just like, Still don't have to wear bras. And I'm like, girl, I've been, I've been, I've been in captive. I've been in bondage. My titties have been in bondage since 1997, right. but good for you. <laughs> but 
know what I mean? Crazy because I was so jealous at girls who who did that. At girls who had bras in '97. Girls who had bras in middle school. I was like, oh, you just wait till I get a bra. High school definitely plagued me with the idea of like being made fun of based on your body. You know, we both went to high school in New Jersey. You know, like um. Bombing on people was the thing, right? Like at lunch and all that other stuff. And it was like, oh, you this or oh, yeah. And it was always about your out, like your appearance. And so, like, it definitely gave me anxiety about my body early on. I think um, for me, it definitely was always just deep rooted in the understanding of like, genetically, we're a bigger family. So we have to work twice as hard. We can't, I couldn't just eat like my friends ate. You know what I mean? I couldn't just, um, you know, people talk about, oh, man, I miss when I was able to just down five ho-hos with no issue. I, I don't know that life. It's always been an issue for me and my body, mm-hmm. right? And I think, mm-hmm. in, unfortunately, instead of, you know, my my family embracing being thick, you know, yeah. and all of those things, I think it was definitely something where it was taught, like, you know, my grandparent, like my grandmother and her mother, probably all of them are very like, when I, like they, they um, romanticized or even just like, to them, their peak of beauty was when they were at their smallest right. and when their waist was at their smallest. Right. And so for them, it's like, this is the time where you're supposed to be that because by the time you get to our age, you won't be or whatever else. So like, enjoy it now, but you can't enjoy it if you don't have it. And so, yeah, I, I always like, I just remember being very insecure. I would wear jean pants in the summer because I had thick thighs, which are in now, but then they were not. So like, I would be, people like, you're not hot. I'd be like, no, 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 I'm good. Like, I just wearing jeans at summer camp. Like, it's not 90 degrees outside. Or um, then, like, I think when I was in, like, right before college, and especially in college, like, I was really insecure about my arms. So I would always wear sleeves. I never wanted to just wear a tank top. Like, it made me very um, insecure because I, like, you know, you know, you do the little thing where you flap your arms like Patty and see what's shaking. And I like that. So, like, um, stuff like that were always a thing. But what I do appreciate with my mom specifically is that she really did do her best to try to break the cycle. But obviously, you know, like once she once she got a hold of it um, for herself, I definitely remember times where she, like when my grandparents would come to visit and her, she would put her foot down about to my grand, like you cannot say a thing about my children or their size. You're not gonna do that to them. You know what I mean? And all of that type of stuff. But even just hearing that conversation or or even seeing my mom before she was able to, it sticks you with you. It like even in the, you. in the protection. It sticks with you. Yeah, like my mom just, when she just had DeAndre, my little brother, my great aunts, again, like you said, my family's Caribbean. They don't know filter. It doesn't <laughs> that, exist. What, what, what is so, that? <laughs> what filter? Never heard of her. So, you know, they would say things after she fresh out the hospital fresh <laughs> just give her a second just got home literally oh you can't eat no rice you can't eat this trying to tell her what she can eat what she can eat um oh you know you're gonna be big as a house you was big as a house when she was pregnant she was big as a house she was big 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 and they just kept and i, I could see you know luckily my mom to me my mom has always been this like brush it off her shoulders girl you know whatever Mm -hmm. and move on but i know for a fact because i've seen her on weight watchers i've seen her you know do all these different diets Mm -hmm. um she didn't necessarily have to say it right but with watching her i knew that it was you know taking a toll on her in a different way um as somebody who was bullied 
all the time. I was bullied every single day in middle school. Um, in high school, I could fight, so <laughs> that that went away. But middle school, child, middle school, I was bullied. What were they bullying you about? My skin, my color, uh, me being so skinny. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had glasses. I had buck teeth. Mm-hmm. I was not pretty to the so you know the social standards. I was not a pretty. Girl. It was, but we're also so, going through puberty where our bodies are literally growing into what is right. Be. But then there were, but there were, there were better looking people going through puberty than me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, but they not now though. I'm sorry, I had to say that. Continue. Oh, thank you, Sylvia. <laughs> but. Uh, Every they they always call it what are they ugly girl mentality or something like that I heard about where you go about life with this idea that you're just ugly no matter what you're happens, still that you're still you that matured. middle school student in your I'm mind I'm still that middle school girl in my mind and do you think that that leads to I've heard you call it and I don't want to self you know that issue I've heard you talk about body dysmorphia right do you think that that's what informs it for you well that didn't get there until college in college uh that is when i started to nitpick a lot on my body and like you were saying before you look at old pictures and you're like what the fuck was <gasps> I, I wasted so much time talking about i wasted so much I wasted time like, worrying anxious <gasps> but that girl back then was like, girl, I got to run. I got to lose weight. I got to stop eating. I can't eat. I, you know, there was a time where I went a week with just eating cucumbers and water mm. just so I can lose weight for spring break. And I don't know, like when you see the pictures, it's like, what did you, what were you trying to lose? <laughs> but at that time, I really thought I was heavier than other girls. Or than you actually were. You, know? you actually like even thought maybe that you were heavier I than was, you were. of course. But I but yeah, I was definitely heavier than I was, but I, I compare I compared myself to other girls. I see what you're saying. In in college. Yeah. And they had the banging bodies mm-hmm. and I just had a body. I had a body. But I didn't necessarily think it was the banging body. You know? And um I think from there I never saw myself as fit, never saw myself as skinny, never saw myself as anything. I always used to be like, I can always lose weight. I should lose weight. If anybody ever said, you look great, it's always going to be, mm, thanks, but I, I need to lose weight. Mm. And and that's that, yes, the social media era came, Instagram came. And that's when you saw who gets what kind of attention, why they get this kind of attention. And then you say, oh, well, I don't, I have cellulite. I know niggas won't like me now, you know? And then like, oh, I have big arms. I know, I don't, you can't tell me. I won't go anywhere publicly without some kind of thing covering my arms because I feel like my arms are huge. I just, I've become really, really careful with what I look like and what I wear outside, which is, I mean, before this, before probably like three, four years ago, I was a baggy queen. I wear everything mm-hmm. baggy and it was easier. It's easier. College, it was easier. I, would, I wouldn't have to worry about looking big because they're big clothes. So it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think social media had a lot to do with what happens. And then also, like, people had their ideas of me and talked about what my figure looked like. And some people said I look fat. Some people said I look, you know, oh, she's gaining weight. Oh, is she pregnant? Oh, I get a lot, you know, I get a few things. Yeah. I will say, like, this is by far the hardest challenge for me, you know, as far as me adulting is like accepting the body that I have. How do you balance that thought? And I think this is a question a lot of people are going to have, right, for you. Like, how do you balance the negative with like all of the like when when you see how people you know that your people some people a lot of people's body goals right like you see when people share your pictures or like share your tweets and be like how does it feel to be God's favorite or oh I will I will drink your bathwater or oh Scotty B did that or her her man is the most luckiest man in the world like all of those things right are they just noise to you do the negative like does the one negative comment per 10 positive comments outweigh? Like, how does that work in your mind for you? Sometimes the negative comments are very louder for me because I'm negative with myself. Mm. And that's me being very honest. Yeah. I, I, I try to, I try to keep it positive, but because I always know that I, I could be better, I can look better, I could, I could you know, uh, do better, just as a whole, I'm always going to take that, what, whomever's negative comment and be like, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I do need to lose some weight. I, I mean, maybe that clearly. one person is right and the 200 other people are wrong. 200 people. Yeah, but I truly think some people just, some people are just cool. Like they're really nice and they want to spread positivity and that's great that's an amazing thing i think but when like even when you say mm -hmm. it sylvia when it's like people you know people are gonna be confused or people are gonna you know and i'm like well they're not living in my head they don't know exactly yeah, yeah. what i've been through and what i've what i've heard in my life yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying and so like when people say things like oh she got nothing to worry about she pretty no the fuck i like y'all don't understand mm -hmm. y'all have no clue you know what I've been, what I've been called, yeah. <laughs> what I've been called. So, you know, and and that 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 sticks with me. There is shit that sticks with me forever, and I appreciate the comments. They really do help me. You know, they really do help. Comments from my friends, from my family. There's a lot of strangers um, in there too. From everybody, strangers. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really appreciate that because I do t think about those and I do say maybe I don't look as bad as I think as I think I, I look, you know, and but this is somebody too who I'm talking about myself <laughs> thinks a lot. I think a lot. Yeah. Maybe the initial thought is I look nice, mm -hmm. but do understand there will always be a butt at the end and taking that butt out Oof. is very hard for yeah. me. Um, especially, it, it don't matter if, if it's work, if it's anything, anything. Oh, you know, somebody's like, oh, you did really good hosting that thing. I know, but I could have did this and this yeah. and this. Oh, you look really nice. Thanks, but I, I'm sure I could lose some weight. And that type of nitpicking 
transfers over to your body as well. It's in every category of your Takes life, including your body. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's who I am. Yeah. It's who I am. And somebody, something that I, I need to change and fix, but I have to acknowledge that the fact that I do think that everything can be corrected and everything could be better. Could be. Now, I don't even know what the end result is. And that's the sickening part. There, I don't know what the end result is. I don't know what I'm striving to be. I just want to be better, whatever that looks like. Yeah, and I think it's really, I, and one of the reasons why I asked you this, even though I know what you say, because I do say that to you sometimes, and I think why I wanted you to speak on it here specifically is more so because I think that stance doesn't get spoken about enough from women that look like, you know, like when we talk about body positivity movement, usually it only includes plus size women, women over like a size 16 or so. You know what I mean? And, and then like, it's like there's an erasure of the middle where it's like, yes, like I'm not like, you know, I don't have to deal with certain comments or certain stigmas or whatever else, but there is still me and my body have this very internal, personal, long life to long history that no, you don't know about by just looking at me and my, you know, my photos and my cute dress, my little dresses and my bikinis and like, dresses, you, you know right. what I mean? Because some people would think like, I mean, and I mean, but we should give you, you know, you don't like, there is a lot of confidence that you should give your credit for, yourself credit for, for being able to post those, right? Like, I, I think like, I, I, I'm trying to get there. You push me to get there, right? To show more of my body mm -hmm. on, you know, and stuff like that and like embrace it. Right. But it's always so interesting to me about how um, mental this shit is because you could sit there and tell me, because you do, and I mean, it's like how beautiful I am, that I should like embrace my body and that I, that I can, you know, show them titties, girl, and like show them hips and like, you know, people love that and like your skin and this and that. But then it's like, when it's you about yourself, you can't apply that same stuff to you. And then I think it's, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's all of us, it right? Goes, like, it, I can't do that for me yeah. either. Like, I can lift you up, blah, 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 blah. And I can see, like, the Lizzo's and the Tier Major, the, you know, the ta Tabrias and all of the girls who are like, I thank so much for normalizing and, like, addressing, like, you know, normalizing the average size body, which is plus size, and, um, you know, attacking fat phobia daily. I thank them for that because sometimes even though, like, you know, I, I fluctuate, I think, between, like, anywhere from a size. I mean, in my adult life, I fluctuate from, like, a size 10, 12 to a size 16, 18. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it really depends on which year mm -hmm. of my 20s you're talking about. So I do think that, like... Mm -hmm. For me, it's being on the borderline of like tipping the scale and then being plus size and then sometimes you know, then whatever. It's 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 meaningful to me because I sometimes I'm like, oh my God, they do think they're beautiful. That means I should think my body is beautiful too, because I don't. You know what I mean? I wasn't taught to. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taught to think that these are things you should be proud of. For me, it really does for me sometimes I think to myself, and I, and I hate that I have this thought, but sometimes I think about me and my life and like all the things I, you know, I, like, I just think about how like, oh, well maybe, maybe my weight is the reason this, this or this, because it's like, I can't think of any other reason. You know what I mean? When it comes to like how the world sees me or perceives me or how, you know, when you talk about social media, how many likes I may get or how many comments I may get based on like how somebody who may post the exact same thing, but maybe be four size smaller than me. You know what I mean? Like these things play into your, your, your mind. And I think sometimes with social media, 
it's like I will see I will see even the mean things men may say to you in comments and I'll think to myself like if they think that about Scotty what will they think about girl what do they they must really hate women who are my size because you know what I mean or like or if if I see women who are like half my size stressed out because of what society does to them I'm like what does that mean for me and you know what I mean as right. who's like even I would love to even get there you know what I mean and I think it's like right. we're all working off of each other's issues and it's just this very complicated deep-rooted web of us all telling each other that they look great but not being able to tell ourselves that to and then it. that impacts how much we think people are telling the truth the feeling is fleeting you know I think the the feeling I could feel like the shit I am the shit <laughs> And when I take pictures, sometimes I'm like, girl, this is a nice dress. This is nice. You look good. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, that won't last for longer than 20 minutes. After that dress is off or whatever, I could stare in the mirror and say, all right, but you got to get these done. You got to, you like, you got to figure out how to get rid of your cellulite. You got to figure out how to get rid of these arms. You got to figure out how to get rid of this neck. You got to figure out, like... I literally sit there and pinpoint and I'm not thinking about anybody else because I think everybody else is so beautiful, which is, I, it's true. Like, I think everybody is so beautiful and I'm like, look at her. She look good. Look at them titties. Look at that <laughs> body. Look at her. Like, I am the biggest fangirl ever right. over everyone else but myself. And I'll fangirl for myself for 10 minutes. We don't tend to quote. I never really, we don't think we've ever quoted a white woman on this here show podcast. Yeah. Oh, you about to do it right now? I am about to lean in on it. Lean in being the key word. It's still women's history. So we're going to get the good sis Elizabeth Gilbert, her moment here, because in Eat, Pray, Love, I really do feel like there's a scene where Julia Roberts' character, when she's in Italy and she's talking to her friend who's afraid to eat the pizza because she's like, I can't, I've had too much carbs this week, whatever else. I don't know, remember the scene exactly. It Mm -hmm. is on Netflix though, so (laughs) check it out. But it's, um, she says to her, have you ever been about to have sex with a man and you're naked in the bedroom? And he says, "Never mind. (laughs) Actually, I changed my mind, I'm out. Like, has that ever happened to you or anybody you know even? And then she's like, that's because the, he's in a room with a naked woman. He's won the lottery <laughs> for most men. You know what I mean? Like, in the sense where it's like, I, that's never happened to me either. That's never happened to any of our friends. I've never had a phone call and I'm like, girl, I took my shirt off and he left. <laughs> You'll never see you'll me never, again. You'll never hear but from me you'll again. You'll never see me ever. <laughs> but, Nobody will ever hear but from But, like, me. even though we know that to be true, we still... Mm-hmm. And even though... And, and not to not to put it all on us, too, because men know that to be true and will still talk all this stuff on the internet, but know damn well if they was in a room with that girl naked, they would do what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. You know what I mean? And then they'll, But they'll pretend whatever else. So it's like this thing of, like, what we see online versus, like, what we know to be true. So I know that in, like in all my days, I've never had a man be like, ah, oh, actually, nah. But in my mind, I still think to myself, am I single because I'm plus size? Or like, is I, am I single because I, you know, like I can't think of anything else. Like, I, I know I have a beautiful face. I'm confident in that. <laughs> the skin glowing. That's a tat-tat. You know what I'm... That's a tat-tat-tat. Okay, these features, 
they're hitting. You're not going to convince me they're otherwise. Here. The glow is here to stay. The skin is smooth all across. The titties they're is there. Okay. The hips are there as the well. The thighs is there. <laughs> the complexion is very much so the present, bank, bitch. Listen, but also so the career know. is there. The success is there. The bank account the is sitting just is as there. nice as the titties are. So I can't think of any other reason. You know what I mean? But I'm just thinking logically. And it's not you, nigga. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. We ran down the we ran down the list. And so my it's only thing you, that's huh? left is, oh, is it because I have my waist isn't snatched? Is it my waist? No. That's the only thing I can think no. of. Maybe it's because, you know, I all got a little bit of a lower belly. You know, I don't know. But it's really, it's and it's not, and that's obviously not always it either. But, like, that's the voice in my head, right? And so, I, to your point where it's no. like, I know this logically, like the Elizabeth Gilbert thing I said. But then in my mind, mm-hmm. I still think this. And to move, I think because this conversation's already going there, moving into where we are now with our bodies, because this is what we're talking about. When we talk about outside opening up again, my fear is like, oh my gosh, I want to be a hot girl, but also, do I not feel left like a hot girl? What's going to happen when I do find myself in a situation where I'm with a guy again and will I, I'm terrified because I've, I haven't had to deal with those thoughts in like a year. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, mm. or over it, <laughs> let's not get all in my business, but it's been, let's say it's been a while. So, you know what I mean? Right. To say like, that's like, those are the those are kind of where I'm at. And I want to know, like, do you have any concrete plans for how you want to be in your relationship with your body moving forward? I, I plan to be in a more healthier one, you know? Uh, I guess we're talking about, like, what's next for us. And I would say, like, I'm going to therapy. I'm trying to do what's healthy for myself. Um, but I also have to understand that this is, 30 years, well, not 30 years. This is 24 years of me worrying about my body. Those six years were bliss, weren't they? Those first six. Yeah, they were. They were amazing. <laughs> Continue. But 24 years of deep-rooted, you know, uh, traumas that I have to go through myself and I have to be patient with myself when doing so. Um, and I would advise everybody else to do the same. You know, I do want a hot girl body for the summer. I know that I do. But I have to go about this in a more healthy manner yeah. than what I used to do, which is like eat cucumbers and water yeah. for a week and hope for the best. It, it takes time and it's something that you have to be patient with. This is your body. Yeah. You and know? I think to your point, even when you talk about the therapy and what specific methods look like. Because a lot of this is our mind, right? Because I think if anything this shows, right, even looking at you and me, two women at two different sizes with two different bodies, both having same insecurities, it shows it doesn't really matter. You can lose 50 pounds. If in your mind in you your haven't mind, fixed, absolutely. if you haven't left those, if you can't put those voices away, you're always going to feel like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like t- like we're seeing, literally Scotty can have a thousand likes on a tweet of a picture or whatever else and still feel how she feels, right? Or I can have a thousand likes on the picture and still feel how I feel. So for me on my list, therapy and talking, like I'm trying to work this through in therapy has been very high up on there because I know it don't matter how hard I'm working out or whatever else, especially with my relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Cause for me it's double ended where it's like, 
I, you know, I come from a long line of emotional eaters. I think a lot of black families sub in food for feelings. Right. You do good, your mama cooks you a good meal. Right. You do bad, you, you get whatever else. Or like, if you're happy, you're this. If you're sad, you eat. And from like, you know, and all these things. And I think for me, I'm more recently realizing how much I use food as a protection even. Hmm. In like a very like toxic back way where it's kind of like, I think sometimes when I'm afraid of the world or even just afraid of how messy relationships and love can be or after I've been hurt or heartbroken, sometimes I'll find myself eating and I'll tell myself it's because I'm just looking for comfort or some type of happiness in a way that I put that in whatever that meal is. But also I'm coming to terms with sometimes after certain hardships, do I pat on weight as a protection because I have that deep rooted idea that if I'm a little bit bigger, men won't b- want me. Right. And so that will distance me from men because I'm like in the moments where I'm afraid of men and afraid of being hurt. Right. Do I pat on weight to. To, yeah, subconsciously fool yourself into making yourself feel better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like that, okay, now nobody will bother me. Right. Because and, they won't And want I know me. why. And I know why. And now I'm, so I'm in control of the why, and now I don't have to wonder what right. the why is. Right. When that's Damn, not you, you even helped me get to that next step just now. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Thanks for giving me something to work, to talk yeah. to about, oh, girl, with my girl on Wednesday. Yeah. But like, it is like, yeah, like those are, I think, like the internal toxic voices that I know I have to mm-hmm. work out mentally. Because even now, there are, I know, I know, and you know, some of these men may be listening, like, listen, girl, I told you I yesterday. Take, it's yeah, what, voices that you have to deal with for me it was the strive to be better because i know that people get treated better when they are the the perfect person and that's what i always thought it doesn't matter yeah then the harsh reality of like that not being fucking true at all you know <laughs> and then it's like they, so it don't even motherfucking exist <laughs> but in some part of me the child in me still thinks that if i look better I'll feel better and I'll get better treatment. And I think that speaks to why even when it's the things of like, when people are like, oh, I can't believe this person got cheated on or, oh, I can't believe sweetie, whatever. Or, oh, I can't believe Beyonce mm. had to deal with this or, oh, I can't believe. It's because it doesn't matter. Right. Like, you can literally be Beyonce right. and get mistreated. Right. And like, and right. it's like, it's a harsher reality to swallow. Right. And so you don't, you know, or you do whatever you got. And then in some ways for you, it's protection too. But we, it's, but we have to, I think the first step is knowing that these are not the, this is not the truth and that we're telling ourselves lies. Right. Right. Like these are, everything me and Scotty just listed are lies we're telling ourselves. And then it's like, how do you then work from there? But that is what I've been able to identify as the, such an important first step before meal planning and calorie counting and Mm -hmm. how many reps that is where the work starts. Right. And for two women like us who are very high achieving and have very high expectations for ourselves, I it's for me, and I believe this is the truth for you too, is like when there's the one thing we haven't been able to tackle or find discipline in, like for me, that's been my weight or whatever else, it feels like a failure. 
And then, like, I added to feeling like a failure for me. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was able to do this, 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 and this, but I haven't been able to work out consistently. I found the area where I'm a failure, and this is what's going to hold me back. Right. And I know that's not the truth, but it's because I have, like you said, we nitpick or we have high expectations for ourselves right. and just pressure to meet high standards in every facet of our life. Right. And it's hard. Also, my mom has been, she's told me about documenting your body, which is why... I don't mind taking pictures with the body that I have. Um, she's big on knowing and understanding the evolution of body, of your body, and being able to celebrate those. Now, the celebrate part, I'm getting to, I'm trying, but my mom has so many pictures of herself in a bathing suit. It don't matter the era. It don't matter the decade. My sister's going to wear a bathing suit and going to take these pictures. because One thing about Shayla, she going to look good, honey. She going to look good and be like, y'all will choke on Facebook. You hear me? And don't y'all go on Facebook looking Facebook. for and Don't y'all go on Facebook looking for my mom's bathing suit pictures because I slap you. But yes, my good sis will be on there showing. But she loves, you know, and appreciates the evolution of her bodies. And, and this is the body that had two kids. And this is the body that loves her children and these other you know and she she talks about her body in such a great way a very inspiring way it's important i agree with that because when you look back at these pictures now you're gonna say the same thing like when you're in your 50s or 40s looking back at these that slaying bathing bikini trips you hit us with over the summer whatever else it was you're gonna think to yourself I can't believe I didn't think I looked like this. Which is why, Sylvia, you should be taking yeah. pictures, motherfuck now. I need to see more. I need more skin. Ah, you see me? You I, see me? I've been itching. Itching, bitch. I need feet. I need foots. <laughs> I don't need inches. I need foot I need feet. I need feet. yards. I need yards. Okay, well, that's what this summer is going to be. You know, I've been in the house by myself. I don't, we're not all locked in with a photographer, so we're doing right. the best we can. Right. But I got one more time to see that shoulder, Sylvia, and I'm going to lose it. Give me more than shoulder. You hear me? You but why is this really shady? Is like I, gotta, I got the shoulder ad now. So I, that really felt like a personal because attack. Because <laughs> I did, what do you think I'm lying? I no, think but I it's like we're time. on Zoom. What else they going to see? Give me some shorter. titties. Give me something. Show me. <laughs> Something, well, when we outside and people can see my full body, uh, for sure, I'm going to. But that's so to bring it back. That's the goal. Yes. Now that outside is opening again, even though we might, and we're not saying we're going to achieve it, but you know, our bodies, yeah. especially after a pandemic, a health crisis, kept us together, protected mm -hmm. us, kept us alive. Mm -hmm. You and I were fortunate enough to not catch COVID in a year of that. Like, mm -hmm. I I feel like such, like, my our bodies have done so much for us. They've kept us alive for 30 plus years. And they deserve better from us. We deserve better from us. That's and true. I do think that, you know, hopefully the goal for the summer, while I am kicking myself about not realizing that the gates were outside were going to open sooner than I thought, I also need to be like, well, outside, you're going to get the body you're going to get. Right. And you're hopefully you'll love it. Um, and hopefully, you, you know, I can get past the fear of being afraid of or just the thought like going out and not thinking about what is everybody thinking about my body right now. Right. You know, so. Right. Yeah. Let's work on this together, Sylvia. All right. I'm I think and I, I mean, and I'm so happy we had this conversation with one another, Scotty, because I do think. So many of the women who listen to us, I know they're going to 
maybe be surprised that both of us feel this way, but also I hope that they know that you're not alone. For other women who feel this way, who like can even, you know, like that, you know, watch, maybe feel like you're watching the body positivity movement from the outside looking in right. and like to just want to be a part of it. Like sometimes I feel like SpongeBob in the house while Patrick and school right. run outside. Like, outside. I want to do that too. Mentally, I need to get myself outside. Yeah. But like, hopefully you guys listen to this and know you're not alone because yes. you're not. Because po- body not. positivity, yes, can exist for other people. Because I see a lot of people hype everybody else up. But give yourself some of that hype. You understand? Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So right back at you, Silvio. Thank you for being so vulnerable. This is your first talk, child. Because let me tell you something. I am drunk, y'all. I, I'm That's the, the only reason we didn't cry. I don't, I was about to say, I don't know how we made it through this with no tears. I, was, I guess I do. It was tequila. Right. Tequila is how we made it through because with no tears. <laughs> I have I, I I don't I talk about it but I don't talk about it in depth like that. I think this is the deepest I've ever gotten where you know I I'm I'm totally afraid of how you guys will think of me after this. But um we're going to I want to thank you, you will be gentle with us. Yeah. Yes, I hope I hoping you're gentle with us. Um like we're trying to be with ourselves. So thank you listeners for sharing this moment with us. We appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Agreed. Truly. Well, all right. That's our show. Thank you all for tuning in. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Our managing producer is Aganesh Ashagre and our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you share your gentle thoughts with us on this episode using the hashtag okay now listen follow strong black lead on the socials at strong black lead and follow us too i'm at sylvia obell and i'm at don't come at me with no bullshit because i will literally light your ass up on twitter if you think that you're gonna come at me or sylvia about my thoughts at scotty beam thanks guys until next time thank you for coming stay out. blessed stay blessed <laughs> oh my god but correct. Okay, fine. <laughs> Dead ass. <laughs>